Hello again, friends, and welcome on into a a victory edition of the Sco Show. My name is Mark Schofield. Back in the big shift for today, we'll call it November 9th because I'm recording this late on Monday night, and it will probably drop before midnight. And the New England Patriots just improved to three and five with a thirty to twenty seven victory over the. 0-8, now 0-9 New York Jets. And while the inclination here at the SCO Show is to call this a glorious victory edition, as my great friend Greg Armstrong is begging me to do right now on Twitter, I just can't go there. I just can't say that this is a glorious victory edition when literally 25 minutes ago it looked like they were about to lose to the Jets. But they won. They pulled out a win. They didn't lead until the game was over. Nick Folk with a 51-yard field goal at the final whistle to give the Patriots a much-needed, a hard-fought, and as it seems right now might be the story of the year, a gritty three-point win. What we're going to do, we're going to have our great, our good, and are bad from this win. But before we do any of that, your usual cavalcade of reminders. Please do follow along with the hijinks on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Check out the work. Places like Matt Waldeman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Not one, not two, but three. SB Nation websites. Big Blue View. Bleeding Green Nation. And of course, right here at Pat's Pulpit. And of course, USA Today's Touchdown Wire. Part of the USA Today Wire Network. Where I cover the NFL. And all things football with the one and only Doug Farrar. Let's start here. In terms of the great, Americans love redemption stories. We love stories about people that rebound, people that pull themselves up, people that get back off the mat when they've been knocked down. You know, you can even look through pop culture advertising you know you see nike commercial who get knocked down seven times get up eight even though that's technically wrong because if you get knocked down seven times you get up seven times it's not i've never understood the math on that one but that's how we package it we love the redemption story tonight's win over the new york jets gives us in a sense two different redemption stories The first redemption story comes in the form of J.C. Jackson, who many, myself included, think would be a CB1 on almost any other team. But with Stephon Gilmore, he's more of a CB2. But with an injury to Stephon Gilmore, he's now assumed that mantle of CB1 for this current version of the New England Patriots. And this was a tough night for J.C. Jackson. And about 25 minutes ago, I thought the only time I would get to mention his name was going to be when we got to the ugly part of a post-game loss podcast. Because J.C. Jackson, other than an early pass breakup, where he got beat and did a great job at recovering, J.C. Jackson was bad. He did not have a good night. He got beat on a stutter and go. 
after giving up a big completion on a dig route. Brian Greasy did a great job sort of walking viewers through the play call on those back-to-back plays, basically, where you go with a dig, and then you go stutter and go. J.C. Jackson's worried about getting beat to the inside, hesitates for a second, and he gets beat on the vertical route. And then on a red zone fade, he's in catch catch man technique and just falls down. And it looked like in many sense, many senses of the word, the story of the night was going to be this Patriots defense, and in particular, the bad showing from J.C. Jackson. But he came through. When Joe Flacco made a rather curious decision to stay aggressive and push the ball downfield when he didn't need to take a deep shot at that point in the game, J.C. Jackson answered the bell with an interception that the Patriots badly needed in that moment. It was the game's first turnover and arguably the game's biggest play. A redemption story. A redemption story when the New England Patriots badly needed one on a night when it seemed like their season and any hopes of turning this ship around were slipping away from them. We love redemption stories. Cam Newton is the other one. Because just a week ago, Cam Newton had the football and a win, potentially, over the Buffalo Bills in his hands. And he fumbled it away. And he fumbled it away and it, in a sense, overshadowed the fact that Newton played pretty well in that game, particularly when he get, get a chance to run it back and rewatch that game like I did last week. Cam played pretty well. And so for the second week in a row, Cam Newton had a chance to deliver a win in the closing minutes. And this time he did it. And if J.C. Jackson's interception was the game's biggest play, well then the game's second biggest play, unless you want to talk about the, the kick, was the end cut to Jacoby Myers on second and 10 when you needed one more big play to get into field goal range. We're going to talk about Josh McDaniels and some of his play calls a little bit later. But they needed one more throw. And they got it from Cam Newton. The redemption story. And a big one. And how did Newton finish this night? 27 of 35 for 204. No touchdowns, no interceptions. But he also gave you two rushing touchdowns. If you would have told me before this game that that's what you were going to get from Cam Newton, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. And let's sort of take a step back and look at the bigger picture over the past two weeks. Because over the last two weeks, in two must-win games, Cam Newton has gone 42 of 60 for 448 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He's carried the ball 19 times for 70 yards and three touchdowns. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. And Cam Newton's redemption story might not be just tonight. It might be a bit bigger over the past two weeks. Because as we've all sort of racked our brains about where this team is going, 
what they have on the roster and if it's time to become sellers, as I thought they would be after the deadline. They haven't given up. They haven't given up on the season. They haven't become sellers. They didn't trade Stephon Gilmore. They didn't move everybody. They didn't make a panicky decision to decide, look, we're going to play Jared Stidham and see what we've got. For all the cries that the sky was falling and the end was near and dark days were upon us, many of which were made by me, the Patriots got back to work. I've talked about the movie The Martian a lot, both here and writing and life. My wife is probably sick of that movie to this point. And I've talked about the end of that movie. And how Matt Damon's character, Mark Watney, is addressing a new class of would-be prospective astronauts and talks about how things go in space just go wrong. And how, yeah, when he was on Mars, and again, it's a fictional movie, but I swear by it, that, yeah, he thought he was going to die. But what did he do? He got to work. He solved the problem. You do the work. You solve one problem. Then you solve another one. And if you solve enough problems, you get to go home. That's applicable in space travel. It's applicable in life. I've given that literal advice to people when they've reached out to me for advice. And it's applicable in football. Josh McDaniel said, look, we're going to do some different things. We're going to try some different things with Cam Newton. You solve the problem. You work the equation. You come up, hopefully, with enough answers to get a win. And that's what they did tonight. And one of those answers seems to be Jacoby Myers. Who, over the past couple of weeks, has blossomed into a receiver that, let's face it, might be a huge part of this team going forward. You look at what he did tonight, it was a huge night for Jacoby Myers. 12 catches, 169 yards. And it seemed like whenever Newton needed to make a play, whenever the Patriots needed a huge conversion, he was looking at 16. And even on perhaps the biggest pass play of the game, the catch-and-run from from Damian Bird, it was 16 who was leading the way, blocking downfield. And Brad Kelly covers the league, does great work on Twitter, big Patriots fan, knows the wide receiver position. He pointed out on Twitter midway through that game that when they run power toss, it's 16 that's giving you that crack block. He has become a big part of this offense. And so all the concerns of the past couple of weeks have washed away. And I know that seems silly, given the fact that they needed every second tonight to beat the 0-8 New York Jets, who seemed to be trying to lose that game. And I'll go as far as to resist the call for a glorious victory episode. But I do think that this was a redemptive win and one that this team badly needed. Because as Brian Greasy walked us through, they're not out of it. Obviously, they get a huge one 
Sunday night with Baltimore coming to town. But it's not like the Ravens have literally blown the door off doors off of teams the past couple of weeks. They have some questions of their own. And we'll talk about the Ravens' offense later this week, but they've got some questions. Then you've got Houston. Deshaun Watson is playing incredibly well, but their defense is bad. Arizona is a quirky team. Strange loss this week to the Dolphins. The Chargers are the definition. They've become a definition of how to find ways to lose games. The Rams, that certainly looks like it could be a tough game. It's the second of two on the West Coast. But they've got a game plan that works against Jared Goff already in the books. And they can just look at what Brian Flores did two weeks ago against Jared Goff, using a lot of cover zero pressure stuff, which does that sound familiar to you? And then you've got the Dolphins who are playing well, the Bills who are playing well, and you finish with the Jets. It's not outside the realm of possibility, particularly if the league adds an extra eighth playoff team, that this team finds a way to get in. And I know you're probably going to say, well, Mark, just two weeks ago you were talking about two and five. There's no way to get into the playoffs. This team's done. Why risk it all? You've got a rare opportunity to get yourself a high draft pick. And maybe that still happens. Maybe you lose to Baltimore. You lay an egg against Houston. You lose to Arizona. And three and five becomes three and eight in the blink of an eye. And then, yeah, we're back there. But we like redemption stories. And right now, the Patriots could be a redemption story of their own. I'm next going to talk about some of the bad stuff, some of the other good plays, work through the game itself, uh, talk some game balls, take of the game, all that good stuff that we usually do after a win, which we haven't had in a while. So we're a little rusty here. But that's all ahead. Here on this victory installment, episode 148 of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on this victory installment of the Sco Show. And I got to clear something up. Made a mistake in the first half of the show. I said the Patriots didn't lead to the final whistle. They did have a a 7-3 lead. I told you we're a little rusty here. You know, it's been a while since we've done a a post-game win. And it's been a while since we did a show. Look, we didn't have a second show last week. Got caught up in some other things, including getting sick. Not the Rona. Don't worry about that. No COVID-19 here. But a little... A little bit of a stomach bug made its way through um, near the middle and the end of the week. So it took a while to get back to 100%, but we're back to 100% now. And I want to go through, um, working through this game, some of the good plays that stood out to me. I already mentioned J.C. Jackson's pass breakup on a third and five on the Jets' first drive uh, that forced them to settle for a field goal. Then on the Patriots' first possession, you had a couple of tough runs from Damian Harris, who up until the time he got knocked out of this game with what we hope is not a long-term injury, really tough running tonight. Was very impressed with Damian Harris. It does seem like the Patriots have something with him. You know, 14 carries for 71 yards. Burkett also had a couple nice runs too. You saw early Jacoby Myers, second and seven on that opening possession. Quick decision, quick throw, good compact delivery from Cam Newton. And then you had what I thought was Cam's best throw in a while. That first and 10 play action where he moves the free safety with his eyes to one corner route. It looked to be basically double sevens. Uh, So he looks, moves the free safety to his left, to Newton's left, to Damian Bird, and then drops one in a bucket to Jacoby Myers. That was a fantastic throw, fantastic job using his eyes. Love that play, that read that throw. 
Uh, Jets, second possession, third and eight. Get good pressure uh, by Derek Rivers. It forces Joe Flacco to take a check down. That was a big play in that moment. We're going to spin it ahead now. We're into the second quarter. Jets, their fourth possession of the game. There's a third and eight. It's 10-7 Jets. And you, they try a deep shot to Mims, and you get Mims, and you get good coverage by J.C. Jackson. Forces them to attempt a field goal, which they converted to take a 13-7 lead. But there was good coverage there from J.C. Jackson play. We haven't mentioned previously. New England's next possession, they had a second and four. This is one of those good throw, good no-throw moments from Cam Newton. He wanted to hit Bird on an in-cut working from the left. Didn't like it, pulled it down, resets his feet, flashes his eyes to the right, throws a comeback to Myers. These are the kind of little things that you're starting to see more of from Cam Newton, and I really like seeing that. It shows you some growth in the offense, so I love that. And a little bit later, a third and six, in cut to Myers for a gain of 11 to convert it. Third down, third and medium to launch situation. Cam was 11 of 11 at that point. Good velocity, good placement. Really liked that. Spin into the second half now. You have the ball. You need a huge drive. You're down 20 to 10 coming out of halftime. You get the ball first, and you get some huge plays here. Second and eight. Good reset, pocket movement. Get a conversion opportunity again to Jacoby Myers. Big play in that moment. Third and two. Burkhead inside run for a gain of seven. This was the play with the jump cut back to his right where he had the vision to identify the whole backside. Great run in that moment. First and ten. This was one that Greasy dinged him on because he got blitzed on this third and seven play. I mean, excuse me, this first and ten play and immediately went to the flat, to the fullback, Jacob Johnson, out of the flat. And he said that he should have thrown to the tight end. I think that was a bit too harsh. That would have been a real risky throw because at that point, you're not sure what that corner is going to do. Once he lets it go, the corner jumps the flat route, and it, it's obvious that the free safety is responsible for the tight end. I'm not with Greasy on that. Greasy's really good. This Monday Night Football crew is fantastic, but I thought that was a bit too harsh. Um, but you got you cap it off with a touchdown run from Burkhead. Huge drive in that moment. Then Jets' next possession, you know, you'd like to get a stop here. They don't. J.C. Jackson sort of falls. That's a bad, bad, bad set of circumstances there. But you had a couple of big plays. You had Winovich set on the edge and getting a tackle for a minimal gain. And then on the next play, they broke it down where you had the pullers coming his way, and he gives himself up to collapse. The pullers takes them on, swallows them up, and you get the stop. So Winovich showed out on a couple of plays there on that drive. Patriots' seventh possession uh, starts at the end of the third quarter. You're down 10. Um, third and six, come back to Damian Bird with a great blitz pickup by James White on this third and six conversion. If you get a chance, it's right at the start of the fourth quarter. Watch that play. You want to talk about blitz pickup from a running back? That's it. And then you have the second and 10 athletic play from Newton where he evades. Harvey Longy finds Myers in the middle of the field. Then it ends with, unfortunately, they couldn't convert after they're gifted a fresh set of downs when the Jets have 12 men on the people on the field. They have to settle for a field goal, which you hate to see, but you get it to 27-20. Flacco then makes the dumb interception. Patriots have a chance to tie this one up. 
and they do it. They had a very tough run uh, from Damian Harris, who were again at 21. Andrews, David Andrews, a center with great processing speed to get a double A back, A gap blitz situation. He picks up one of the blitzers, which springs the run. You had the third and 20. Jacoby Myers, the catch for 19, would have liked to have gotten 20. Um, situational awareness issue there, but they convert it. Then you have the catch and run from Damian Bird with Myers blocking downfield. They get stopped again on the first of two quarterback runs, but Newton finally punches in on the sneak. Then a huge, huge, huge 3-0. Absolutely critical 3-0. You get a check down for an eight-yard gain. Dietrich Wise with a sack. You finally get home, get some pressure on Joe Flacco. If you're going to pick a moment to have the one like true sack of the game where you really get home, that's the time to do it. And that was a huge play in that moment. They needed to get pressure on Flacco. It was something they had struggled to do all night. They finally got it. It was the one time they sacked him. It was the only sack of the game. But it was a big one. So then, yeah, you get a chance. And I thought, I'm about to talk about Josh McDaniel's play calling, but he had two screenplays on that final drive that were huge because Greg Williams said, I'm going to bring pressure. I'm going to bring blitzers. And Josh McDaniels was like, okay, well, I'll throw screens. And so he had two of them two of them on that drive, one that went for 12 to James White, another one that went for six and got him. It just came short of you know, setting a first down. It was a ended up being a 31. But those were two big plays in that moment. And so those were some of the great plays, the good plays that I really liked from this game. Um, not going to harp too much on the bat. I do want to talk for a minute about Josh McDaniels and his play column because there were a couple of moments where I thought he did get too cute. He had a smoke screen to Gunner on a second and 15 earlier in the game that I thought was almost a disaster, almost a waste of a play call. The fourth and one that resulted in the white fumble, I know people ding that. I kind of understand it. I would have rather them do what they did later in the game, which was just line up your tight end-sized quarterback and sneak it with them. I thought it was a bit too cute, and that's where we're going with this. After the Flacco interception, it ended up not really mattering. But after the Flacco pick, the first play they ran was this fake toss where he was looking to throw the backside slant and it got blown up. And Newton used his superhuman play strength to avoid a sack there. That was another play where it was a bit too cute. And then, look, the play action boot on third and one that lost yards when Newton stumbled again too cute and that's kind of been a thing with Josh McDaniels over the years moments where he just gets too cute at times and so yeah it's been a thing with Josh McDaniels for a while I'm not going to kill him for it right now um, but yeah I, I understand the frustration with Josh McDaniels from time to time but we forge ahead um, some of the negative plays I do want to mention on their opening drive, the Jets opening drive, Bauer had a chance at a tackle for a loss. Doesn't make it. Jason McCourty can't make a tackle on Mims on a slant route. Gives up 26. Tackling is bad. And I don't know if it's a function of practice time, no training camp, when you're working on that stuff. Because now you can't really work on tackling. You're working on installs and scripts and things like that. So tackling's an issue. If you think back to some of the preseason shows, 
I said that tackling might be an issue this year because of that very reason, and we're seeing it. Um, the the defensive pass interference call on Jason McCourty, I know some people crushed that. He did arm bar him and lock up the left arm. I, I think that was an okay flag in that moment. Um, the stutter and goats touchdown we've talked about. The fourth and one play we've talked about. You know, Josh McDaniels being a bit too cute. J.C. Jackson stumbling. Yeah, we talked about that. The fake toss play. I just mentioned that. The situational awareness from Jacoby Myers. Yeah, that was bad too. Let's give out some game balls. Cam Newton, Jacoby Myers, Damian Bird, Nick Folk. And yes, I'm giving one to J.C. Jackson because as I walked you through at the outset, a bit of redemption, I think, for the Patriots defensive back. Um, He could have packed it in. He didn't. And I give him credit for that. Let's talk about the Scotia Slack channel, which I only got a chance to pop in and out because I'm doing 18 million things during this game. But I did want to highlight the venerable, the honorable David Archibald, often the voice of reason. He often swings us all back. If we're working in one direction, he'll snap us back. If we're working in the other direction, he'll snap us back. And there was a bit of angst I could tell in the Slack channel tonight. But at the end of the game, he pointed out, 30 points on nine drives and zero turnovers from the offense. Some people wanted to see a dominant performance from this offense. That's not too bad. 30 points on nine drives and no turnovers, and you get the win. Um, So shout out to the one and only Dave Archibald, the voice of reason. So that will do it for this victory installment. We're going to look, turn the page immediately. We're going to talk about the Ravens. We're going to talk about the Ravens, Ravens, Ravens. That's what we're going to talk about in the other show this week, the upcoming show this week. Uh, We're going to talk about their defense. We're going to talk about what they're doing with Lamar Jackson. We're going to talk about their tempo stuff with Greg Roman put in at the end of their game against the Indianapolis Colts that seem to finally get that offense on track. This is going to be a big one. You know, three and five, three and six, or four and five, those are two wildly different records. So it's going to be a huge test for the Patriots this week. So we will spin to the Baltimore Ravens as quickly as possible. Until next time, friends, stay safe. I know last week was a tough week for everybody. Um, 2020 has been a tough year for everybody, but we forge ahead. Um, Maybe, just maybe, 2020 gives us all a redemption story in the end. I don't want to say because we get through it, because, you know, that would be really dark after a a post-game, post-win podcast, but that would keep with 2020. Until Until next time, though, friends, do stay safe, do check in on your loved ones, do wash your hands, and when you do, sin along, and bless those Patriots' reigns. Down in Foxborough.